This is the Enneagram 4 podcast, a podcast for meeting in the depths of the Enneagram 4. The Enneagram 4 is known as the romantic. This can be true in the context of relationship, of course, but it's also true in the way that 4s appreciate and romanticize seemingly ordinary things. One of the key motivations of the type 4 is to create and surround themselves with beauty. Today, I get to introduce you to Aaron, who embodies this so well. As you step into his story, you'll quickly realize that he is not only inspiring in his creativity, but also in his resilience. I originally invited him onto the show to discuss his journey as an artist who is visually impaired, but as a type four in love, his recent engagement naturally became the topic of discussion. In this episode, you will get to see the many gifts of the four and the way that Aaron surrounds not just himself, but everyone around him with beauty. He does this not just through his art, but in the way that he thinks, feels, and authentically expresses himself and also in the way he creates connection. Although Aaron is still exploring the deeper levels of the Enneagram, he most closely relates to the sexual instinctual subtype, which of the three subtypes most exemplifies the romanticism, intensity, and longing for a partner, which characterize the type four. He is a four wing three, which gives him an ability to put himself out there and take risks. This also gives him good social skills and a great sense of humor. Here he is. By the time that this year is over, I think this year will have had the greatest amount of changes in my life, like in one year. So I'm, I'm a person with a visual impairment. I'm not like blind, but I can't, I, I don't have central vision, so I can't read facial recognition, mm-hmm. but I skateboard and I can ride a bike. So it, it's really interesting. I feel like that itself, you could ask me questions. We could just talk about that alone. But so I, I didn't do the college thing because there's a bunch of reasons. My vision was definitely part of that. And so painted houses, interior, exterior, I've done different construction. I've done mainly a lot of different types of construction jobs, but was on the roof and something just hit me one day where I was just not happy. I was drinking way too much when I was on these work trips, you know, 10 hours, 10, 12 hours working in the sun. And I'm just like, man, this is just not my life. And I was feeling really convicted too, because I considered myself to be a Christian, but I wasn't really sacrificing my life, denying my flesh and and just and just doing the stuff that I, I knew I had to be doing. And so I knew something had to give. So I decided that I am I'm kind of like act on a whim quite a bit. <laughs> and so I put my two weeks in and I'm just going to go on a bike trip. And I just like in a moment's time, I just was all out. I'm going to do this thing. So I started planning this bike trip, started buying stuff, returning it, measuring my bike, took my bike apart, painted the whole thing custom, and then ended up doing this solo camping bicycle trip across the state of Michigan, but following Lake Michigan. So that's what I see as the big beginning because I met Lizzie and I feel like everyone has those moments or things that happen in their life. Something that happens that it's like before and after. And and so that was just before the big change. And then the bike trip for me was the big change. And then that set me on the road. You know, when I think about the pillars, the things that I'm trying to foster growth in, there's the emotional, psychological 
psychological, physical, spiritual. There's like all these areas that I want to maintain growth. Physically, I wanted to do something that would be really, really challenging for my body that would almost just wake me up. And spiritually, I just, the way my lifestyle on work trips, I just needed reset. I wanted to get alone and be able to pray and connect spiritually. And emotionally, I felt like I'd been so pressed and my visual impairment took away my driver's license like 12 years ago or so. And I wanted to reclaim my independence. I wanted to do something that I would be really, really proud of. And psychologically, I guess the result of all that is I would have a lot of increased pride and self-worth. Pride in like a good way, you know? Like I just wanted to be proud of myself. I wanted to do something I would never forget. So it was the great reset in my own personal life. I'm so inspired by you, Aaron. A lot of people find themselves in a similar place in their story, a life that people are unhappy with, but it's also comfortable. Like what, what is known and what we are used to is comfortable, even if we're not happy or even if it's not good for us. So I'm inspired by you because you had the courage to step away from that and to decide to go after what was in you and to wrestle through some of the things that you were struggling with in all of this. And like you said, regain that independence. I know that since then, you've figured out a lot with your career path and really a lot of self-discovery in that but also it's when you met Lizzie yeah it's amazing how that works out because my prayer was that I would be forever changed it was really it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life and I will talk about the story or people mention it and people are so quick and I'm sure I just want to assume the best that they're just trying to relate. But a lot of times people just want to shift it to themselves or someone they know and they don't ask questions about your trip. They're like, oh, I know someone that did this amazing trip like across the country, like one upped a lot. But it's just like, man, for me personally, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with the distance. It was the figurative and literal baggage I was carrying, I had about 75 pounds on my bike. And then, you know, emotionally and everything else, I had a lot of baggage too. And so when you're doing something like this by yourself and camping along the way, I didn't have like a plan. I didn't know where I was going to be sleeping. I would just look for green on the map. It just really put me in a place where I was being pressed and it was, it was the perfect place for me to just hear the voice of God in, in different ways where in, in the life I was living, I just like, not that it wasn't there, but there were so many other noises mm -hmm. and, and I was able to get away and reprioritize and everything. So tell me a little bit about what that was like to disconnect in that way, to be in nature. What did you learn through it? How did God speak to you? Yeah, that's great. You would ask that question because, so I'm just going to keep bringing this back probably several times to my fiance, Lizzie. Um, <laughs> but so on, on this dating app, you know, you answer a few prompts so people can kind of get to know you. One of the questions was like, what is the life you want to live? And mine was just basic something like I want to be led by the spirit and be able to be flexible. Then Lizzie's first question, she broke the silence, said something to me. She said, what is the Holy Spirit teaching you on this trip? And I was like, let's go. I was like, who is this girl? That's awesome. Like, I think that's a really awesome question. So I was already just from the day one, I was like, she's different. No one has just really gotten to the heart of what's important so quickly. So I, I was thinking about that. And my answer to her was to just love people because I had, you know, all, all the emotions, like there's a lot of people that they just don't like cyclists and they just won't move over. And I would find myself just getting so irritated with them. And I was like, man, who is this affecting? I was like, they can't hear me. 
I was like, this is all it's doing is just stealing my joy. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was really teaching me a lot through that to just have compassion for people. And I would just, I felt so justified though, to be angry. Cause it's like, they don't know who I am. They don't know that I can't drive. They don't know that I don't have a choice. I have to be riding my bike. Should I just not leave my house because I can't see? Should I just not ever go on a bike, do anything? Do, do I just stop living? I was like, I'm, I'm out here. I'm doing it. I'm doing something. And I just wanted people to respect me and make it easy because it's it's like I, I don't love riding my bike. Some people think I'm, think I'm like a cyclist. I don't even consider myself that because I feel like with titles, there comes expectations and I'm not someone that just hops on my bike and cranks out like 40 miles like other people I know. I haven't really <laughs> ridden my bike since this trip, but it was more about what it was achieving. So that was kind of the big thing that I was learning on the trip just to just to be slow to anger and not let little things come in my mind and and keep the gears turning and spinning and becoming preoccupied with these feelings that were only negatively impacting me. I I think of that just because that's what I was telling Lizzie about. So anyways. I love that you keep bringing Lizzie up. I would really love to jump into your engagement weekend. My heart is still melted all over the floor. <laughs> I've been in just such a light and happy and really good headspace since that weekend because there was so much joy and connection there. How have you been since the weekend? What is it like to be engaged? Uh, it feels amazing. I, I'm kind of like in shock a little bit. I feel like things in some, you know, sometimes there's pros and cons to this, like most things, but sometimes things take having had happened almost before I like feel the effect. But it's like now that I'm engaged, I'm just like, wow. I mean, I, you can premeditate something and plan it and count the cost for it. But then when it happens, it's like I couldn't prepare myself for this feeling. And I just feel like there's kind of like an aftershock sort of emotionally. It ebbs and flows and and it feels good. And it also feels really scary. And so that's kind of where I've been at. I've also felt like I've been dealing with some spiritual warfare kind of big time, actually. And so I'm I'm kind of feeling like a whole bunch of things. But I mean, ultimately, it's it's good. Tell me a little bit about what's been scary about it, what you're processing through right now. A couple things uh, come to mind. One is the pressure with school, just feeling all the feels as, you know, Lizzie's counting on me doing this, her family, my family, everyone knows I'm doing this and I'm just freaking out a little bit. I I don't know. I guess I just feel like failure is not an option. Like this is what I'm doing. Uh, so then the other scary thing is I found myself feeling a little bit irritable lately and I'm kind of freaked out by that. But there's parts of my upbringing and whatnot that I remember really well. And it was because my dad was just like always on edge. I say was, he's still alive. I just don't have a really close relationship with him. It's like anything could just like make him mad mm-hmm. at a moment's notice. I've had some fears of, you know, I don't want to be like him and this, that and the other thing. And then I would start to like feel a little irritated about something. And then I'm just like, man, I don't like that. Like, I don't want to be anything like that. So I'm really glad too, though, that I kind of took to my mom's dad, my grandpa, Paul. And when he passed away, like 15 or so years ago, I remember praying in my little art studio in my parents' basement. I was just on the ground, concrete, cold floor, having a moment and just praying that God would give me his heart because he was just the sweetest, most compassionate person. And so I feel like I've had it modeled in both ways. 
And sometimes it just feels like this kind of tug of war. It's like I have like these active defenses where I've been extremely intentional about calling myself out in good ways and in bad ways and preparing myself in every way possible. And also talking to people, having them keep me accountable. Like, hey, this is something that was really extreme in my life and I'm scared that I'll be like that. So if you see me acting in any sort of way, please call me out and pray for me. Counting the cost is inducing more of that tug of war game inside of me right now because you're really counting the cost for something like sizing it up it is a little bit freaky to kind of like feel the weight you know it's a covenantal relationship so it's Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a, hard to imagine the rest of your life and in sickness and health. And those words mean a lot to me. So um, it's no wonder that I'm kind of feeling a little freaked out. But I love that you came on here so authentically and that you're sharing your fears and where you're legitimately and authentically at in this process. I know you're so in love with Liz. You two were glowing at your engagement weekend. But I think that sometimes people can feel pressured or expected to just be so happy in love in the engagement season or even early in the marriage. And I love that you are giving yourself the freedom to feel all the positive emotions, but also these negative things are coming up too because they need to be wrestled through. So I just want to encourage you that I see that in you and I I love that you're able to do that. Thank you. Well, I would love for you to share a little bit, just share with people a little bit about your engagement weekend. You put so much intentionality into the weekend. Every single detail was so well planned out. The weekend could not have gone better. Speaking from someone who was there, it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I have personally ever had. First, thank you so much for those words. I mean, I'm so, I'm so happy. Like if you could see me, I'm just smiling hearing you say that, that it's, you were so positively impacted by it. But yes, I wanted to reclaim some of the surprise. Growing up, I just always imagined, I just always kind of thought that it came out of nowhere, like no one had any idea. And it was just like, what? And it was like this big surprise. And so she kind of just had it in her head, like had the idea of when I was going to do it. And I was like, no, can't be can't be doing it like that. Like she can't have it all figured out. So there was a moment we hung up the phone after talking and I immediately was like, this is all I'm thinking about right now. I was like, I need to come up with a plan right now. And so I just wanted all of her friends to be involved just because of how like how essential and how prioritized connection is and friendship is in her life. I wanted this to be something that really was like just everyone could be a part of. I knew that's what would make her the happiest. And so first step was start calling all her friends. So I just started calling. I think I talked to everyone that evening. You like everyone all there's five girls there all five of her bridesmaids. And somehow everyone was available. I really was never expecting that two of her best friends that live far outside of Michigan were, were ever going to come. So I was trying to word it in a way when I talked to it was it was you and Kelly in Virginia Beach. I was trying to word it in a way where I was like, hey, I, I know your answer is no. I don't want to like ask you to come because that's kind of putting too much pressure on you. But I just want you to somehow be a part of this and just know what I'm doing and have your blessing too. But you guys are amazing. I feel like that really just shows how incredible Lizzie is and kind of reinforces what I was saying about how prioritized connection and friendship is because her friends will drop something and drive 15 hours across state lines 
So yeah, back to the moment I decided to call everyone. I called everyone. And so step one was taking care of. Step two was getting the ring. There was quite a few details that went into that, but I ended up doing everything myself online, like kind of creating it from scratch and then having it created and sent to me. So everything was set. Like I had a ring being created. Everyone had the date. They had the place. The proposal was up north, a place called Tawa City. And it's where her family has a lake cottage so all you and the other four girls and her parents everyone was there waiting and so lizzie and i are, we're always going through like new books we started a new book you and me forever and so we're at a coffee shop going through the book and then we go to the harbor and it's where we get our favorite ice cream in the summertime so carrot cake ice cream and this is the point of why i wanted to do it there the memory to forever be where we're on vacation because it's like making the good place better and i just didn't want how special that location is be a little bit desensitized over the years and i just felt felt like doing it someplace like that is really going to preserve that like you know spark and, yeah. and the feeling and so i go to propose and totally off script not not that i even like wanted to have a script but you can't help but like think about like oh what are you gonna right. say and i kind of figured my mind would somewhat go blank so i i wanted to make her a card it's like here's the thing that's gonna say everything and then what i can get myself to say in the moment i'll say that but no be like be rest assured that the cards got my back so i gave her the card and then gave her a kiss on the forehead and she's like tearing up from the card and i was like you know i love you very 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 much right and she's like Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have, I have something I want to ask you. And she's just immediately fell into me and was like crying and I'm trying to get the box out. She like, didn't even look at it. I think it was on her finger for a full like minute or more before she even like saw it. And she just, she couldn't believe it. The whole thing was on film. I've made a little video in the past and I had some roundabout ways of bringing it up. And I was like, yeah, I really want to make a new video. So I might be getting some video clips on this trip. And, you know, by the time I give her the card and stuff, the last thing on her mind is that everything's being recorded. So that's special. But I loved how the weekend, there was so much creativity that you gave to make this weekend so perfect and so beautiful between you do these projects, you make these really cool films. And so you did that throughout the weekend and then your card for her. I do want to elaborate on that because that's a pretty significant thing that you guys have in your relationship is these are not just cards that you write. They're, they're works of art. You're an artist and the cards that you make her are amazing. They're so beautiful. But you didn't just make her a card you made one for each of her friends can you tell me about your creative inspiration for the cards that you made for us it was almost like it it wasn't even like an errand thing it felt like a god thing like i was instructed you need to honor everyone and i was like oh i i, I honestly like didn't want to hear that um <laughs> because up to like before this happened like I'd been pretty stressed about school stuff, just trying to figure out how to do all the work that's expected of me. I, everything takes me a while because I have to take pictures of all the books and like files on my computer and have it read it to me and zooming in and zooming around. It's, it's a long process. So I, I was dealing with an extra amount of stress. And I was like, that was like the last thing I want to do. I was like, I'm just feeling so stressed. Like I don't want to make these cards. And I felt like a piece about it because I, I definitely know that God was telling me to do this. And then I felt this piece come out of nowhere. And I just felt like I was given instructions and God was just like, take the cards on your desk in a rectangle. So I had eight cards. I was like, oh, that's funny because there's five bridesmaids, Lizzie and both her parents. So there's eight. 
Um, and so that's kind of a coincidence that it makes a perfect rectangle. And then he was thinking, he was like kind of asking me, and this is, this was really like the process of how it works. It was like, why do you feel so strongly about making cards? Like, why is this like what you should do? And I'm like, well, the reason I should do this is because Lizzie's friends mean the world to her. Relationship is more important than anything in the world. Basically, it was just like, I, I want to do this because these people have all had such an impact on her life and they hold like they all you guys all know how to like hold one another's heart in such a special way. Um, and everyone is very in touch with themselves in touch with the Lord. They've just done the work because it, it takes work to really understand people and and to be able to empathize and and just just the amount of compassion is just like i i've never seen it so abundantly in a group of people and so i could keep going on about that but that that's basically like i have to do this because these people are they are deserving of being recognized for who they are and so then God was just basically like, well, how can you symbolize that? And I was like, well, that's kind of symbolized in, in like a, a ring. You know, it's almost like what a ring is, you know, without one part of it, it's incomplete. And I was imagine I just had a vision of like flowers because flowers are unique and they're beautiful and they just bring about joy and good feelings. You know, it's just perfect. And I was like, oh, I, I imagined a ring of like a wreath basically of, of flowers. But then it was like God just stuck his hand out and like pushed into it and it turned into a heart and it was like here we go it's a heart and then i realized that i was like wait a minute kind of suddenly grasp what i was about to do i was like i have all these cards they're actually wooden they're like flexible if you can imagine flexible wooden cards and they're in a rectangle they're all taped they're not going to move around and i can basically just make this heart-shaped wreath of flowers and it essentially creates a puzzle. And I was like, wow, this is really amazing because I was stressed about the idea of making cards and now I'm making eight. And I was like, wow, that's such a great idea. Thank you, God. I really needed the help with that. <laughs> and the symbolism was perfect. And I was like, this is perfect. This is the exact way I want to honor everyone. The one that I got to keep my piece of the puzzle is framed and hanging on my wall. So wow, that's amazing. So when you and Lizzie came back and you were just engaged and we all got to surprise Lizzie, you gave us each our cards. Your intentionality in my letter, you talked about specific ways that I touched Lizzie's life and how it has not only impacted her life forever, but now your relationship. And you did such a good job at making me feel seen and felt so honored. And then you informed us in our cards that it was a puzzle. So we put all of our pieces of the puzzle together. Out of that came this masterpiece that you had created. And it was, like you said, a heart of, of flower work. And it was incredible. And then you started talking and you said the words, Connection is the currency of the kingdom. Yes. And tell me a little bit about why you shared that with us. Yeah, I'm quoting someone, by the way. I'm quoting Francie Winslow. So a new thing that Lizzie and I are doing, we have like a prayer schedule. So on Wednesdays, we are praying for future connection. And the reason I say this is because it's kind of goes to show, and this was her idea, but connection and friendship for us as a couple, when we're married and living together, how are we going to be connected? I've just been able to recognize since we started dating how much of an impact her friends have had on her and how important it is to maintain these friendships and these relationships. And I, I don't want it to be like, a, oh, like she's getting married and going to be living with someone. They're not going to have time for me or we're not going to be as close. I wanted everyone to know like, hey, 
this is a new story, like a new picture, a new life, two lives coming together and becoming one. But we want you to be as big of a part of it as, as like ever before. And so I just wanted everyone to know that we are all a part of this beautiful picture of, of connection and friendship. And it's like, think of like the cards put together as like the, our window or something. It's like when we look, look into the window and we look into the window of our life and like the things that bring us joy and happiness. It's like, these, these are the people that we're, we're seeing and we need everyone to, to be here to, for it to be the window that we want to, you know, be looking through, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I love that symbolism. That's so beautiful. And I know the thing that probably touched me the most as you were speaking to us about what you created um, when we were there that weekend is you took one of the pieces away and actually was my piece that you took away. And you said, if, if we take any one of these eight pieces away, we are no longer connected like it disconnected the whole group and then as you put it back it just created the masterpiece just came back together was able to reconnect and so I thought I thought that was really really beautiful it's like you guys are worth it and Lizzie is worth it so it was like one of those things where just feeling stressed and it's a testimony of God kind of coming through and it, it was just yeah the behind the scenes I think is just as beautiful as the end result that everyone else saw yeah and- like that's the part that just like really gets me what do you love most about lizzie one of the biggest things that i love about lizzie is her joy when she walks into a room sadness has to leave lizzie's someone that will talk to anyone she'll have like a million questions for anyone at any time anywhere she's so genuinely interested and her eyes just sparkle and i think that in this like dark world when people experience lizzie they just everything just stops for a minute for them and they feel seen and heard and loved it's just the joy of the Lord just is permeates through her in such a special way. And it's not just me. It's like everyone loves Lizzie. It's like I'm just the one that gets to be with Lizzie and to be intimate with Lizzie and to live with Lizzie and to to honor and cherish and take care of her. Like I'm amazed that I get to be the one because everyone loves Lizzie. And so I really love that about her. I love her dedication to pursue the Lord is so genuine and so sincere. She's just, she wants to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And I love her work ethic just with being disciplined, whether it's like getting up really early and going to the gym three days a week, or she just doesn't procrastinate anything. She's just on top of it, like very high functioning person. <laughs> uh, we have an inside joke about revolving around the word quote unquote high functioning. So yeah. I had to say that. But yeah, I love all those things when they come together. They just create a person that just is gets a lot done, like loves people well, is a great time manager. And I can't even begin to say like how incredible of a mother she will be. She's an occupational therapist that works with young children. And she just has a wealth of information when it comes to like regulating kids um, and just meeting them where they are in the midst of all their emotions, people that have gone through really traumatic things and how to just like love people and to think on her feet at a moment's notice and to be able to react in the calmest, most beautiful of ways. You know, you think about this, the practicality of life and and having a family and what that's going to look like. And it's like, I can't imagine being happier 
just doing life and like all of the details with someone other than Lizzie. She's truly making a man out of me. And I know there's probably a bunch of country songs and it sounds cheesy <laughs> to say that, but it's like, it, it really is true. I love you said the words when you were talking about, and you're right, everybody loves Lizzie. Everyone she meets thinks that they're best friends with her and they probably are. But you said the words that she makes people feel so seen. And I love that because as a as a four, and we are both fours, you and I are both, and we both know what it feels like to be loved by Lizzie. There is no one who has ever made me feel as seen and as understood as Lizzie does, which is, that's the longing of the four. Like if you want to love her mm-hmm. yeah. well, we long to be understood. If there's anyone listening to this and they are wanting to learn how to love a four in their life, can you just speak a little bit to what Lizzie does that makes you feel seen? How does she love you well as a four? There are so many ways that we've been intentional with one another. Like we're just showing one another through our actions that like, hey, who you are and how you think and how you feel is really important to me. And if I'm going to love you very well, the more I know about you and how you think and feel and, and behave and why you behave the way you do, then like the better I can love you. And, and I feel like that is just, I've never had that before. So I've had like a couple serious relationships in the past. I'm 32 now and I've never had the level of intentionality as I have had with Lizzie. So I think that's definitely the biggest thing that is attributed to how I, how well I feel seen and heard and by her. Yeah. That's how intentional she is. And really it's something you give to each other. Yeah. It's so fun. It's one of my vows. So spoiler Uh alert, she'll hear that. Because I kind of started started writing out my vows, but I, I just, I want, you know, one of them basically is like, I don't know exactly word for word how I'm going to say it, but I just, I never want to stop being intentional with learning about one another. And so there are so many books, people are writing amazing books all the time. And there's so many, even if they stopped writing and we could probably get by forever, but I, I just, I always want to have something going. So like I said, right now with you and me forever, kind of gone through quite a few books books and we're going to continue and I probably have like more than five on my list of ones to read and I'm like at this rate we're going to need a bookshelf like specifically for our books our relationship books so yeah the name connection shelf just came to mind yeah I love it that's amazing I love hearing you speak and you have so much inside of you that is so beautiful and the values that you have are really inspiring to me. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to share about your life or your relationship with Lizzie or anything that you want to share that I didn't ask you? Um, I, yeah, I, it's like, you know, our conversation has been a tree and any one of those limbs I could, we could go deeper and, and make more little twigs out of it. I'm just imagining a tree. So I don't know, it's it's difficult because I have basically more I could say in every area. Lizzie had something sweet to say one time because I, I kind of have an issue. I, I'll tangent and I'll give too many details. And then to my own regret, I will end up kind of monologuing sometime. But she kind of made me feel better about my tendency to do that one time when she was just like, there's so much inside you, kind of like what you're saying. Think so deeply and you feel so deeply. Your mind is kind of racing all the time. And when you 
you talking, there's just like, it's hard for me to prioritize and filter like, what do I say? What don't I say? There is nothing organized about this conversation. And you're right, oh. you take something and go with it. And But I love that about you. And I'm going to tell you why. And it's because your mind, when you said the analogy of the tree, I got a picture of a canvas and your mind is like this canvas and you're just splattering paint all over this canvas and it's like it's the mind of an artist so mm. an artist is more abstract the way that you think the way that you feel the way that you express yourself is it really is it's art i just i really appreciate you having me on your show and i'm just i'm honored to be one of the first several guests to be on here and i i believe that there's going to be many more many many more on it after me so i just hope i can be one of those people again eventually and i'm excited to listen to your show and to watch it grow so i just i'm really happy that you're doing this i think it's amazing i know it takes so much work so i commend you for all that and i just i really love your passion and i'm excited to see what you do with all of it thank you so much for saying that i always give people because fours are so creative if you have anything that you'd like to share with us I can close out the episode of that. For many, many years from the age of like 16 or 17, I think at some point in time, someone told me that they're like aphorisms or something. But I would write down one sentence, one, two, three, like the little mini things. Maybe it's like an inner dialogue that you're having with yourself and you come up with some, sometimes witty, sometimes not witty, like sometimes probably cheesy, honestly. But and it's a way that I would compass this entire thought or like series of thoughts or concepts in my head. And then I would write them on a little pieces of paper and roll them up and drop them in a wine bottle. And so now after having this for like 15, 16, 17, I don't know how many years, I have this wine bottle with probably over a hundred of these little things in it. A couple of years ago, I prematurely broke it open and took it out. And the one that I unraveled was gray days make blue days green. And I actually, I do remember saying that like over a decade ago. And the reason I like it is because it's both figuratively and literally true. I never knew anything about fours at the time, but it, I, that's kind of what makes me laugh is it is a very like melancholic sort of thing to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just gray days make blue days green, but I, it's true. And I don't know. I, I think it's just good to be reminded of that sometime. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, man, it, it's the sun hasn't come out in days. Like, I'm feeling sad. I need to do stuff outside. It's just been raining. And so it's, we don't really like those days of gloom, but mm -hmm. everyone wants their garden to be beautiful. Everyone wants to be out in the woods and to hear the birds and to, to be a beautiful place. And it's like it's during that time that you are kind of like just not so happy when it wasn't nice out. That is what created that to, to be like that. And so more figuratively, the gloomy days, the time where you really feeling like your emotions are having the upper hand on your day or on your week or even month. And you're just really feeling like you're being tossed and turned in the waves of your own emotions. And you're just like, not feeling very good. There's a lot of growth that comes through that. It's a good perspective to have. And it's something that I wrote when I was young, and maybe it was a little bit prophetic, because I feel like it means more to me now than it ever could then. But I just I just like the simplicity of it. And I like how it can be unpacked in a, a pretty deep and meaningful way. But yeah, gray days make blue days green. Mental health support should be affordable to anyone. But that's not always the case. 
proceeds from the Enneagram 4 podcast are available for this purpose. If you appreciate this podcast or would like to support this cause, please consider making a donation. If you are personally in need of the financial resources to receive mental health support, please reach out for an application. If you are currently experiencing a mental health crisis, please call 988 or text HOME to 741-741.